I, I, I don't really do New Year's resolutions and stuff because for me, I'm not starting a new me. New year, new me. No, no, that's actually the worst thing you could ever do, right? You don't want to be constantly starting over. Instead, it is a time to reflect back on the things that went wrong and what went right, non-emotionally, and then make the adjustments needed. Welcome everybody to Self Storage Income. And we are talking about crushing your storage goals in 2024. Now there's two sides of this that we will talk about. The first side is maybe the acquisition side, like so actually getting facilities right and progressing on the asset side, but then also the operation sides and tackling goals and really moving forward through 2024 to maximize your facility. Um, but we're going to start off, first of all, on um, the actual process, some of the things that we talk about do. But more importantly, um, our new year kicked off very interesting. The first day of the new year. Connor, why don't you tell them how our new year kicked <laughs> off in our storage business? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just yesterday. Yeah, January 1, man. Um, get a call late in the evening. And uh, turns out we had a uh, facility fire going on at one of our facilities here. Just happened to be one of our local facilities. So ran over there with the team and uh, got everything worked through and just went through our SOPs and working through that a little bit today. And uh, no, interesting how things just are smooth. And then suddenly something happens. And uh, it's funny because it's like, man, it's like setting the tone for the year, right? Like starting off with a fire. But um, it's not it's not like any other. It's just any other day. You know, it's, yep. it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if um, yeah. uh, it's when. And it's funny enough because we just had an article uh, that you'd kicked out on being prepared for fires and what yes. the SOP is for that. And in, and here we are literally a couple yep. weeks later, man, and working through oh, that exact SOP. So a uh, really good thing to have. If you haven't seen that article, go check it out. Let's link it here in the notes for everybody to go and, and, and look at that article just to make sure that they themselves, their team, everybody's prepared for that. Um, because like on the operation side, like we're going to get into, um, it's imperative that you have all of those standard operating procedures in place, your team in place, and you're able to work through and handle those things just as you're supposed to. It's, it's not chaos. It's not any of that. It's just a process hey, going in, getting things done and yeah, working through it. So and that and you know, that's just part of it. It's mm -hmm. not right, and uh, that's something you gotta be prepared for and and ready. And uh, I think you know you're right. You never know when, but it will always happens. Um, for sure. So that's just part of owning properties and uh, being in, in that boat. So when we look at particularly starting the new year, um, ours, you know, kicked off with the execution of uh we too frankly we got really lucky because super the, lucky yeah super lucky because yeah. the tenant there was a tenant in there that saw the fire so mm -hmm. we contained it to how many units there was only really two units that were I really mean, hardly affected that's you incredible know. Um, that's yeah saw the smoke coming out they immediately called uh, 911, uh, the tenant did, and because uh, it was after hours, all that. And so, um, yeah, and the fire department, those guys, first responders got there pretty quick. Um, it was foggy and all that. So uh, visibility was really, really low. 
So had had the tenant not been on site, it probably would have been a lot worse. Oh yeah, probably would have uh, lost the building. So yeah, no, it's uh, it's a really good learning experience too, you know, because we do we have our processes, but you know, when we look at these things and we go through these exercises, whether it's real life or it's drills, and really have that ability to take a step back and see where there might be improvement, where we can change, shift things and uh, continually improve those SOPs because operations is a huge, huge piece of driving success. And, uh, and we'll get in a little bit more to operations. Um, do you want to tackle the yeah, yeah, I acquisition think, side first? Well, we can tackle the acquisitions, but I think it's, this is a good lesson starting out because really, you know, there are controllables and non-controllables. And I think people make their goals and execution uh, contingent on non-controllables. And it's, well, if interest rates lower, or if uh, somebody gives me a good deal, or if that's, you know, if there's if everything all goes of these, perfect. If, if everything goes perfect, yeah. and the conditions need to match me where I want to be. And that's not how the world works. The conditions don't match you, you have to match your conditions. And I think when starting out when looking at whether it is crushing your goals and everything. It, like we talk about this a lot. First of all, it's kind of buzzwords. I don't think of it as, you know, I, I, I don't really do New Year's resolutions and stuff because for me, I'm not starting a new me, new year, new me. No, no, that's actually the worst thing you could ever do, right? You don't want to be constantly starting over every single year. That's the anti-progress. Instead, it is a time to reflect back on the things that went wrong and what went right non-emotionally and then make the adjustments needed now a lot of people want to know okay how do i do that effectively and where are the areas of focus and uh, i i kind of build out a framework for me and for our team things that we're doing um, but even not on the team just personally there's three universal always true principles of change. And those three are environment, inputs, and execution. And when we look at these three, almost always we're not achieving or we're not getting because of one of these areas. So a lot of people are upset that they're not getting opportunities, but they're not putting themselves in an environment of opportunity. They surround themselves with the same people, the same location, the same everything, right? And they're not mixing up what they're doing and the environment that they're in, because frankly, that's really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable to go to places and rooms where you don't know people, you're not. So we default to the relatable, the traditional environment that we're in with family, friends, and the same exact thing. So a lot of people, they're not in an environment in which will allow them to really succeed, but they don't do anything to change their environment, right? And those are little things. The next thing is inputs, meaning they're doing the same thing. They're taking in the same inputs. That may be what you uh, read, who you listen to. That may be um, your uh, food. That may be it, all these inputs, what time you're waking up, right? Um, it, like you look at the things that or excuse me, not the time that you wake up, but when you look at all the things that we take into our lives. So inputs are just as important as outputs because that's what it delivers. And, and we have to really 
look at that and analyze that, right? And then third is the execution. And that's more the micro, like what are you doing day to day, right? So you have an environment, you change your inputs, and then those two things, you to control what you want as an outcome, the execution part, you have to be deciding how am I executing within this environment, bringing in the inputs that I have, then how am I executing on a micro basis, the little things, because those little things add up. Now, first and foremost, you should look at your following year and say, environmental inputs, execution, what went well, what didn't what go well, and what do I need to adjust, right? Not just some big new goal and say, oh, I'm going to do it this year. Look at the actual process more than the outcome. Analyze it, right? And then work on those different things and change up those little things. It doesn't need to be anything huge, right? It doesn't need to be anything massive. It doesn't need to be this idea that you're not in shape and now you're going to have a six pack, right? Like little things and then those things build up and add up and outcomes uh, come. So we focusing first on those things to not be overwhelmed. And a lot of times, even in commercial real estate or storage, I think people get overwhelmed very easily. Um, and it's that's one of your biggest things that you, you need to work on because it has to be manageable. And if you're overwhelmed, that makes all areas, even the ones that you had in control over, even the ones that maybe you were executing on well, start to falter, right? And it makes, it's like when you get overwhelmed, the whole everything starts to crush. So little things become massive things. And that's, that's bad, right? Because what you're doing now is small things can stop you from getting to big goals. And that's totally the, we, we need to be prepared for big things that happen. Mm -hmm. And you cannot drain a cup on little things and then be surprised when there's no water when you're dying of thirst. Mm -hmm. It's and, like a reverse uh, compounding effect, yeah, right? Those yeah, absolutely. Things just keep adding up and adding up and yes. becoming big fires, right? Big, big things. And we have to understand that the things that you can't control, you need to not allow those things to be the big overwhelming things. This is very easy to say, very hard to do, right? Um, you know, the fire, was it a problem? Yeah, did I lose sleep or anything? No, it was got we took care of it i might have a little bit hey, you were there so, uh, <laughs> i wasn't so um, yeah, that's and, what i'm here yeah. for and connor, connor was taking care of it and uh, you know we look at it and there's a difference too though on losing sleep over the executing mm -hmm. as opposed to losing sleep over worrying about something that's not controllable um and so that's what true. it should be you should yep. lose sleep on executing right yep. and a really it, good differentiator big big difference and 2024 everybody is going to be the year of noise it is going to be out of control ridiculous we are in an election year and there is nothing worse than election years they're just horrible right it is all big things that you can't control that now dominates everything that you're hearing your inputs change the environment that you're around changes and then that changes your execution and it just screws everything up so you need to be really, really careful because the environment that we live in is going to be so massively dictated by the signal and the noise, meaning there's gonna be a lot of noise and very little signals. 
a signal is something that you can point out and understand that says this is important and it means something and I need to change, where noise is nothing. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't mean that you should change anything. It doesn't mean that. So you really are going to have to systematically be on top of cutting out the noise, identifying the signals, and making sure that your inputs and everything aren't are out of whack. And I, you know, a lot of this, guys, I'm, I'm saying from personal experiences, being in times that, um, you know, doing this, investing, being in business where the noise was so loud you couldn't hear anything, mm-hmm. right? 2008 to COVID to on and on and on and on and on. It was like the world is utterly failing and it's all over. Well, right? so I was going to say, and so much of the, the noise, right? Like signals, signals are like the facts, the data, the noise is the opinions, the emotion. Yeah. And yeah. so often it's not even close to reality. reality at all. Not even. And it warps our sense of reality. And a lot of people don't even understand the, op- the environment they are operating in is not even real. So they're walking day to day, believing that the world that they live in is a certain way, and it's not. What's up, everybody? So I'm excited to tell you about our Fund2 offering. Now, our Fund2 offering is not a fund at all. It's a portfolio of assets that we've already acquired and already started to turn around. We're open up to investors and we're closing it out fast. So if you're an accredited investor, follow the link in the show notes so you can get into storage with me at my cost at assets that have already been improved. As a disclaimer, everybody, there are always risks with investing. We are not making promises or guaranteeing results. Invest at your own risk. When you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities, there's a ton of options out there, but no other option compares to Tenant Inc. Tenant Inc. is going to be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want. You own your data, and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure to check out Tenant Inc. And this has been a big thing even you've probably seen with like my content and stuff that I've been putting out lately. And I have a whole series for the first two months that I'm like, I'm going to challenge people's beliefs because we hear broad-based narratives and these narratives are not supported by facts and data. In fact, it lots of times it's completely the opposite mm-hmm. where what you're saying is happening is not only not happening, but it's the best, you know, crime is a perfect example. Everyone is talking about how the world is so dangerous that we live in and you know crime is crazy everything and the statistics or excuse me not statistics but the numbers we can see and trace the fbi tracks all crime records we take it for police it is down by huge amounts i mean we're talking it's it's half of what it was in the 90s but yet so many people look back and say the world is so much more dangerous than it was when i was growing up in the 90s right and you're like that's not true at all like not even remotely true. Um, and it, we, we, I think this is the problem with the noise is all of a sudden that changes the way we behave, that changes the way we put action into. And there's nothing more dangerous than this when you're investing because you're putting money and you are executing on a reality that doesn't exist and the fruits of your labor depend 100% 
on the actuality of the environment that you're doing the thing in, not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden you're surprised when it didn't turn out, when if you looked at it, it that was actually quite logical. Right. Now, it's also the other way around, meaning that the logical thing tells you to move, yet the noise and the emotional tells you not to. Um, now, this is an area that most people are in when they're starting out. And this is like one of the biggest things if you're trying to crush your goals in 2024. Um, we talk a lot about your buy box. We talk a lot about a lot of these things. And really, I had a really hard time, especially early on, where the numbers said to do it, but there were so much other things going on. And I had to create, and two, my own fears about investing all this money, taking debt and leverage. And we had to create a very distinct buy box and we had to create very distinct rules and everything to protect from the emotional side. And then I had to work on investing without all the other stuff. So it became very um, non-emotional, very numbers. Is it good? Is it not? That will get you 80% of the way because 20% of it is you don't know. And a lot of people don't understand this about underwriting. They think, oh, well, once I figure it out, two plus two will equal four. It doesn't. Underwriting two plus two doesn't equal four. Underwriting two plus two will equal three to six. Is it gonna be four or is it gonna be five or is it gonna be six or is it gonna be three? And you're like three would be failing, right? I mean, you know, there's a range of possibilities and outcomes we have to determine the acceptable ranges, limit, manage risk on the downside, right? While allowing us to capture all the upside. It isn't an exact thing. So even when you take in all the data and the numbers, that's 80%. Understanding how those things will play out is the next 20%, right? Um, but people inverse that. 80% is that 20% and then 20% is the numbers and that causes them not to execute when they should. The numbers say yes, but my emotions on what the future may hold and how things may play out and the risks, I'm over-exaggerating certain risks because I'm not quantifying them appropriately. Or two, I'm ignoring certain risks because I'm so excited. I've never, like storage is the weirdest asset class because I've never seen so many people that will build right next to each other and not even know they're doing it. They won't even know that somebody else is building there. And yeah. it's like they, they were so excited and they were so bought into it that they failed to diagnose the most basic things you should look at. And I get those calls. Yeah, because they listen to the noise that it's just good. It's a cash cow. Yeah. It's cash cow. It's yeah, great. Doesn't fail. So this works both sides, everybody. You do not want to get caught into one side. You don't want to be overhyped. So you do stupid things. And you don't want to be so cautious that you don't do anything. So 2024 is going to be an extreme time. So people will either go extreme too cautious or because they don't want to do that and they want to do something, they'll start ignoring everything and go to extreme optimism because they think doing something is better than nothing at all, right? Which there's some truth to that, but not in investing. Meaning you, you don't just putting down money, it's actually better to not lose the money, mm -hmm. right? Um, but at the same token, you have to do something. So it's about getting there, but not necessarily that 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 you're 
just, oh, throwing money around. So we need to have balance in 2024, and that's gonna be the year that is completely absent of balance. Mm. This year, you guys, there's going to be no balance at all. We are in the middle of one of the most heated elections in the country's history, alongside with a period of the highest interest rates that an entire generation has ever seen. And that generation is the largest generation in the workforce. Um, their housing market, we have all of these things. We have uh, foreign wars that we haven't seen. The people that are today living, working, building, have not seen these conditions, right? And that is a lot for people when you're used to um, the world existing at 3% interest rates and not understanding how things will move forward. There's just, there's a lot going on in 2024. The problem is the vast majority of it won't matter, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. in, a, in a year of extreme, everybody's, we gotta, so in a year of extreme, we gotta be balanced. We have to not be too far one way or too far the other way. We have to be systematic. We have to cut through the noise, look for the signals, change our environment, change our inputs, change how we execute, right? Focus on the controllables, not the non-controllables. Get rid of that and focus on what you can actually solve and do. Now, non-controllables are what I also call um, uh, so a non-controllable is a is and also it is a deal breaker. What I mean by that is the non-controllables you get out of the way quickly. If I'm in a market and five other people are building around me, I have no control over those. So those are always the first thing in underwriting everything that goes. If I'm in a market and the biggest employer is shutting down shop and they're firing 50% of the workforce, non-controllable, that's a no-go, right? So the non-controllables, everybody, just get those out of the way quickly. You cannot control other people's supply. You cannot control other people's markets. You can't control what that owner is willing to do. I cannot control if that building was built flush with the ground. And so the actual the um, actual building and the lip is the same. So water runs into it. I can't lift up that ground, right? There's certain things that are no-goes. And those to me are always the non-controllables because I can't do anything about it. There's no negotiation ability or no anything. So non-controllables, get rid of and just move on. Like don't spend tons of time on it because you can't control. And then move into the controllables. The non-controllables though I'm looking at are only I'm looking at because of how they affect the controllables, which then infect my environment, the inputs and the execution. There's a process, but flipping the 80-20 around, right? So that's how I'd laid out, first of all, moving into 2024. This is not like years in past. This is um, and two, once again, I'm not saying anything bad will even happen. I don't, I don't know. And I don't, I'm not planning on it or anything else. The fact of the matter is we don't know. And those are all non-controllables. Well, that's the key. No matter how much perceived um, stability you want to say that there is in any market or any, any given time period. Again, we're coming off of 2008 up until now, having yeah. a decade of real estate just going up, interest rates coming down, values just skyrocketing, cap rates coming down, all that. And now we're going into these times that there's a lot less perceived stability and less stability in general in certain yeah. aspects, for yes. sure. Um, but the I, world that it was built off of, so the yeah. world that we live in that was built off was built off interest rates in the early 2000s changing to historical levels that have never been seen. Mm -hmm. So we're in 2024 now, 
And we have had basically 24 years of a monetary policy that was expansionary, that was low interest rates, that was bailouts, that was increasing the money supply, everything else. And that just changed. 23 straight years, right? Into you could argue even that it goes back further, the 90s, right? So we've been in a huge expansionary period for the last 30 years. And the, the 2000s, particularly after 2008, have been really capped uh, or um, really being driven by government intervention, unlike anything we've ever seen. And so it is. We're moving into a new era, right? We're moving into a time that the world that was built on those interest le levels, things don't, it doesn't exist anymore. Now, that's not a bad thing, but it's different. Mm -hmm. No, it's absolutely different. And, and, it, and like you've laid out really, really well here, you've got to focus on those aspects that you can actually control and have an effect on. So we're talking about, again, more of the micro level aspects that you can affect in your market, at your facility. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about street rates lately and how, I mean, even that's it, it come to a point where that's like an uncontrollable. Like yeah. Focus on revenue management on the back end, back focus end. on yep. expense management, streamlining your operations, those things that you can yeah. do to really optimize and improve. And everybody, this is, this is my... Everybody that has listened to me now for a long time, everybody knows I started out because I said storage is a business, it's not a real estate asset, right? That was something that nobody had ever talked about. Um, it, it's still even kind of a new thing. I even heard on a podcast the other day, somebody was talking about multifamily and they're like, you guys aren't investing in real estate. You're investing in a business and, and there's like, it's starting to become like this thing. Yes. It's just now starting to kind of blossom and people are like realizing that um, real estate's not this just passive yeah. thing that all the influencers say. Exactly. Say it is, you know? It's like everybody's waking up to the reality. Uh, yeah. And the, the key to that, everybody, is when you say real estate, and what most people think about that is you buy something, it's fixed, and then the market makes it worth more. The market makes the rates worth more, and the markets make the value more. That is what I was told in 2000. You know, that's the whole thing. Four, five, six, yeah. right? It was just, just you just buy it and it just, everything yeah. works out. That's what I didn't understand. That's everything that I built against. And that's why we survived 2008. And that's why we've done so well up until, you know, uh, today. And I can't control the future. Anything happens. But even today in the high interest rates, we're not having the problems that other people are having. Why? Because we didn't expect... First of all, interest rates to not change. We expected them to change. We expected the market to not give us equity and income. That means we bought things in which we could create it. And refinance things. And refinance and things. We got prepared. Rates and, yeah. yeah. It's like we look at it and say, this is a business. We don't expect the market to do it. So we've got, but we always expect the market to kill us. And when you approach things like that, first of all, it's empowering because you can build processes, systems that is scalable, that is independent on, well, I hope these properties are worth more so I can sell them or I'm not going to have any money to build my business or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So this is a big thing that we've been preaching, well, since, I mean, I've been, day one. yeah, day one, yeah. like I've been talking about this. So, you know, I came from mergers and acquisitions on cash-based business side and moved into storage. And so is that's a comfort thing for me because it always proves out to be right and true. And when other people are worried about, ah, the market's so bad, I don't know what's going to happen in the next year or two. And I'm like, yeah, but you never knew anyways. So the exactly. fact that you thought you did yeah. in 2015, 16, and it worked out the way you thought that it was going to, 
doesn't mean you knew. It mm -hmm. just meant that it happened to work out the way you thought. Right. That's it. Nothing yep. more. Right. You never know ever. So that's a delusion thinking that you would know exactly how things are going to play out. Instead, you do know how you can execute. So when I look at a property and we're looking at underwriting, when we're trying to set our goals, how do we get properties? How do we do it? We're not basing it around non-controllables. We're buying off a controllable, what we know, what we can measure. We buy it, turn around. That is systematic. So I can buy properties because I'm not, it's not predicated on, I hope that the magic fed makes assets worth yeah. more because they lower interest <laughs> rates, right? We'll yeah. take it. That's great. And we know that the Fed's going to cause us problems and can, but you, you, you start out correct and build a system off that. Now there's downsides, obviously to that is my scope may be more limited, but I actually think that that's better because now I have a tighter buy box. I know mm -hmm. what I'm buying and we know what we're doing. Now, does that mean you guys that we don't change? Not at all. We talk about the goal and the process of getting there. We change how we operate the facilities. We change how we're buying facilities, where we're buying and what we're buying, predicated on the environment that we have to play in. Once again, I'm not buying a facility in a market where we know there's problems. So we may have a market that we really liked three years ago, and that market may be oversupplied. We're obviously not buying there anymore. So um, our system that we use to get to the goal is changing depending on our customers' wants, their desires. But those are signals, not noise. Mm -hmm. And that's the key, right? And most people are having a really hard time today discerning the signal and the noise. That is perfectly exemplified in operating facilities where the noise of lower demand, right, is eclipsing the signal of revenue management. And if you focus on the signal, you were doing good and doing well. Um, and it is the same thing with buying a facility. The noise, occupancy is lower, rents are dropping down. To me, the signal is an on-sell tag. If we can get them to sell, we're getting them at discounts, right? Right. So uh, there is signals and noises. The, also, the signal was for acquisitions, larger facilities are harder to buy. Right, the signal is though then smaller facilities with uh, value add is a market that we need to be looking at more. That's why we're starting a partnership program. That's why we're doing other things like that because of the fact that that piece of the market did change. What we do, buy undervalued facilities, turn them around through business operations, that hasn't changed, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's, that's really when you're trying to move forward to 2024, when you're trying to buy facilities, micro, right? You keep those things, build out the pipeline, all the controllables. You can't control time of execution. That is gonna be dependent on sellers. And I'm shocked how many deals that we're looking at and that we think, oh, we got a 90% chance of closing this deal. And also we don't close any of them, but then there was one deal that we didn't even think we had a 10% chance and we end up closing that, mm -hmm. right? We can't control those things, but the outcome was still the same. We got a good deal. They just happened to go down to the price that we thought. We never thought that they would, right? Um, so we set ourselves up, and then the situation, we take advantage of the opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, so setting these goals up, once again, everybody, refining. Refine what's already been working. Lots of refining. Understanding the signals. That changes. Change your environment, your inputs, your execution, and focus on the controllables. And that is how you will absolutely crush your goals in 2024. 
you need to do, we have the uh, my impact system that I talk about a lot that I do. That's an auditing my day, measuring, looking at it, finding out what I'm actually spending time on or not doing, right? You need to be down in the details because if you're setting goals and changing your execution, most of the time people are doing that without even understanding what they're really doing day to day. Mm -hmm. So once again, go back to the basics, non-emotional, look at what's actually happening, adjust, improve from there, and you'll really be able to see true improvements that will actually get you closer to the goals without getting frustrated and not leaving it up to somebody else like the market, a broker, or your uncle that won't invest or whatever that may be. Yeah, well, and like you said, so many people get caught up in a lot of the details. A lot of those details don't end up actually really being the data as driving decisions. When in reality, if you're just doing these things that we're talking about here today, you're really providing yourself a clear, simple step-by-step -step roadmap on exactly what you need to do to be able to get to where you wanna be. So focus on those controllables, focus on the micro, build out that action plan, reverse engineer it, audit your days. Again, I keep thinking, I don't, I would almost add like analyze to this, this framework yeah. because you're closing that feedback loop, right? After Absolutely. you're going through and looking at these and yeah. figuring and out And I mean, that's one of the main is. sections in the impact system we have to do. Yeah. You have to sit there and you have to analyze it. And a lot of times you guys, that's the hardest thing. Like New Year's, is just a whole bunch of people making resolutions, things like that. But with that, they've never looked at anything. They never analyzed it. They're, it's an emotional thing, right? They want to look good because that'll make them feel better, right? That's why. Um, and not that that's bad, but we're setting goals and out. Uh, we're setting things based upon that emotional side. When you sit down and take a lot of time to analyze the year and analyze what's really happening, sit down and think about it. And I, I'm not talking about 20 minutes. Right, like I'll spend weeks just thinking about everything that's been going on, what I'm understanding, what because I'm trying to cut through in my mind the noise and the signals, and I'm trying to be very honest with myself and what did I do wrong and what do I need to get better because the outcome is what matters to me, and that is not easy. Maybe it's easy for some people. I I, I don't think it is. I, I think generally that's a hard thing, and normally the people that say that it's easy, um, I think are the people that they're completely fooling themselves, meaning they think they understand and they're discounting how they react in situations and what's really happening. It's very hard for us as humans to pull out that animal emotional side where we are reactive and really look non-emotionally at what we do and why we do it get down to the root. Why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? That's hard. That's really hard. Yeah, and so. it takes time. And so um, that's that's something that you're exactly right. That analyzing portion is, you know, Abraham Lincoln, what do you say if I had a, like, if I had a day to sharpen his axe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I had a day to chop down a tree, I'd spend 23 hours sharpening it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the very much the same thing applies to goals, everything else. The and even the execution part, the most comes through the analyzing, the finding the signals, the noise, and the actual outcomes are the smallest part. Mm -hmm. Th those should be adjustments, not new year, new you. That literally, that is, 
if you understand anything about compounding, that's the worst possible thing you could ever do. Yeah, like, starting at square just, one. Starting at square one, <laughs> uh, because that means you're throwing out the good and the bad. So that yeah. that mentality overall is emotional driven. It's a horrible thing. And I just see people all the time. I'm going to become a new me. Well, first of all, no, you're not because you are who you are. Yeah. So I like that. It, like, don't do it. Don't don't think like that. And be happy with two the things about you that you can't control, and then work on the things that you can. So we're just gonna we're gonna start a new trend. Uh, new year, better me. That's right. New year, better me. Let's Not do that. New. Me. Hashtag it. Slap it on the Insta. That's right. Call there you go. Dude. Done. We just <laughs> saved the world. Because yeah, I mean, like you're talking about, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, especially when it comes to oh. running a business, right? No. I mean, yeah, that is like. A dangerous, a nightmare, <laughs> a nightmare. And I think that you can absolutely whipsaw yourself um, and your partners and everybody around you. Like, change is not good, even sometimes when it's a good change. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that's something that I know because I have a really hard time with that because I am willing to change everything. Mm -hmm. I have no sacred cows. I will change everything because I'm so outcome focused and I can get overzealous with that. And the problem with it is, is just because something um, isn't perfect or good, you want to change it, but how things work in unison and work together, their second, third hand effects and orders, right? And a lot of times, good is fine. It's fine. Because it, it, you're now focusing on the wrong things, signal and the noise, right? Um, and so once you start changing a lot, and you start changing big things, um, then that deters your ability to grow to people to trust you everything else. We've been doing the same thing for 20 years. Now have we changed? Oh my goodness, we're not even the same. Like it's not even, I don't it's even know crazy. how to express it, right? But we're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's boring. It's easy. It's, you know, easy uh, meaning to understand. And yet we work on the execution and the complexities of it to improve outcomes on a very simple thing. So once again, you're diving into the right things and focusing on that and you're changing the right things but the boring, simple things, running to find the next best thing, the grass is always greener on the other side stuff, that mentality destroys you and destroys progress. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, all right, everybody, get out there and not a new you, but new year, better you, and absolutely crush these goals and focus on our framework here and you will do it. It's going to be a crazy year. You're going to hear a lot about it as we're talking, and we will keep everybody 100% updated on our industry, what's happening, and being open with you guys so you can get out there and crush it this year. Thanks, Heck everybody. Yeah. And don't do it alone, guys. We're here That's for you. Right. Got communities, online, yep. social media. Yes. Connect with us, and let's make things happen.